This episode of the Lunch Break Podcast is dedicated to Barbara Giamanco, who passed away this week. Barbara Giamanco was a light for sales professionals. She was a proponent for making the sales profession a profession that people want to be in and are proud to be in. Barbara was somebody who gave me an opportunity to share my voice. Barbara was the first person to interview me for a podcast and was absolutely the inspiration behind starting the Lunch Break Podcast. Um, She showed me that everybody has a valuable point of view by having me on her show. And that's what Barbara did. She led by example. And she never forgot where she came from. And she was always ready to help. Whether you were a frontline sales rep or a CEO. I'm at a loss for words here. So I will just end this by saying thank you to Barbara for all that you did for the sales community. And my heart goes out to your friends and your family who are feeling this loss much deeper than I am. And thank you. Enjoy this episode of the Lunch Break Podcast dedicated to Barbara G. Manco. You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where two sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 73 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest, Will, and I repeat, Will, leave you fired up, excited, and motivated to just absolutely get after it in this game of sales. Look, Larry Long Jr. is my guest. Larry is the director of collegiate sales at Teamworks. He's also a speaker. He's a motivator. He is a a sales leader who gets it. That's about as simple as I can put it. And Larry and I talk about how he got into sales, how he learned along the way the things that really mattered, how he pulled on some lessons he learned as a young man that's helped him in his career in sales. Look, it's just such a fantastic episode because Larry is such a fantastic guest that I'm really excited for you to hear it. But if you can't listen to the entire episode right now, as always, I had Larry drop a snack break sales tip for us. Check it out. What they can be doing right now, and I would say should be doing, is those things that differentiate themselves. So I can tell you some things that you could actually do, pull out a postcard or even an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and write a handwritten note, one a day. That's going to make you stand out because think about when was the last time you got a handwritten note specifically to you? Hmm. 
slim to none, and slim left the building. Not many people do it. Uh, I commented about this earlier using video because once again, everyone's using email, everyone's making phone calls, leaving voicemails, but now you incorporate the video aspect, you're now that yellow triangle in a sea of sameness of black boxes. So those are two right off the, the, the gate that will separate you from 99.1% of everyone else. All right, there you have it, a snack break sales tip. You got some value out of this episode. Go back, do what you need to do, and when you have a moment, Come back and listen to the full episode with Larry Long Jr. Because it's fantastic. So without any further ado, let's get this thing kicked off. Episode 73 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Here we are, episode number 73 of the Lunch Break Podcast. And, and I'm fired up because my guest today is somebody that, that I've been told for, for ages, you know, you need to get this guy on the podcast. His energy is crazy. He loves sales. Uh, look, Larry Long Jr. is here for episode 73. Larry, thank you so much for joining us on the Lunch Break Podcast, sir. No, thank, thank you. I appreciate it, James. Absolutely honored, privileged, and I, I just thank all your, your, your whole audience for uh, tuning in. Yeah, look, I think um, I know we have a lot to cover, uh, and, and, and um, anybody that knows you knows that you're a high-energy guy, so uh, I want to carry this right into the first question that I ask every guest that comes on the show. Larry, how did you get started in sales? Great question. Been selling my whole life. Where do I start? And I know we don't have much time, but age <laughs> of 10, my sister was born, Tiffany Nicole Long. I'm an only child. I got to start selling myself. I got to learn how to tap dance. I learned how to do card tricks. I said, hey, this cute little baby, what about me? Wow. Now, I know I got the, the face of radio, but what about my cute little self? But, but honestly, I started selling lawns by Larry at the age of 12, went around the neighborhood. My mom made flyers, and essentially, I sold lawn care services. I can mow your lawn. And uh, I actually, my sister was three the next year. I took her along. My mom got her dressed up in her Sunday best. She said, hey, you're going to separate, and you're going to play on people's emotions, and it might help you boost sales. And hey, it worked. But I formally uh, entered sales. I mean, I played baseball in Maryland, go Terps. But uh, I, I used to do IT consulting with Accenture, open up an indoor baseball softball academy. But formally, sales was really at SageWorks, making 150 calls to CPAs and accountants, getting absolutely demolished <laughs> and having to get to that next step back with a positive attitude to people who get paid for their time, uh, and essentially, it's like, who do I send the bill to if you're going to take up my time on this phone? But I'm absolutely passionate about sales, about helping people, and uh, super excited to be here. Yeah, you know, and I think it's interesting because, <laughs> you know, you, you, it sounds like you, you come from a family, your, your mom understood marketing pretty well, right? She knew how to, you know, position things. And so having that kind of mindset obviously in your DNA, right? Not afraid to get out, pass the flyers out, do the work, create a little business for yourself. As you went through and kind of grew up and, and went to college and obviously played sports at a high level, what was your perception of the sales profession through that period, right? When it, when it, when, when it probably wasn't something you were really thinking of, um, 
did 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 you have that kind of stereotypical thing like i don't want to be a salesperson were you thinking about it at all what was your mindset through that time frame i never really thought of sales as a profession it, it just really it was just something that you do but it never really labeled it and i remember my mom's flyer it had a, a yacht and she said uh, wouldn't you rather be chilling on your yacht than mowing your lawn mm. and uh, i can get behind that i wasn't afraid to do the hard work and then living in maryland we had snow and i'm out there knocking on doors can i shovel your your uh, your sidewalk uh, for a fee and uh, i never really thought about sales as hey this is a profession that, that I want to pursue. But as I progressed and I realized that, hey, sales is helping. I've, I've always helped. I grew up in VA medical centers with uh, veterans and, and you're helping them. And that's what sales is, in my opinion, the opportunity to help somebody, to help them to win, to help them to grow. And in return, you get to help yourself. Come on now. There, there's no better profession, in my opinion, other than being a pro baseball player than the profession of sales. Let's keep it real. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, look, I think when you, and, and when, when I ask this question, um, it, it, it always reminds me of the fact that it's really how you choose to look at anything. You could look at being an engineer as a career and a profession, but if you want to be an artist and a painter, then you're going to look at being an engineer as a stopgap as just something I got to do until I can do the thing that I want to do. So it's interesting that you brought that up, man, because I think a lot of people get into sales as a, I got to just, I got to do something. The bills are need to be paid. The time is running out, you know, whatever the scenario is, whatever the variables are. And then there is, just like with any group of people that enter into a profession, people that recognize this is a thing, I can take this and go somewhere with it, or this is just something that I gotta do from eight to five, I really wanna go home and play video games or do whatever it is that I'm actually passionate about. What do you think that separation point is? Like what makes somebody a sales professional and then a salesperson, right? Cause I think there's just, I mean, there's a, differentiation there somewhere along the line. What do you think you're, that you're, is? You're absolutely correct. And you talked about the mindset. I mean, my favorite quote, Henry Ford, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. And, and that's in everything. That's life. That's in sales. It's in business. It's every walk of life. But I love that distinction that you put in terms of a salesperson and a sales professional. And when I think about professional, I'm going to take it back. I love using sports analogies. It's really honing your craft and realizing that this is a profession. It's not just something I, 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 I kind of do. It's, it's something that I am. I'm a sales pro. I mean, the analogy I like to use is Russell Westbrook, NBA. He averaged a triple-double three years in a row, and he's still working on his game. So as a sales professional, if I think about the areas and the skills that I need, there, there's probably some that I'm stronger at, others that I'm weaker at, but what am I doing to grow all of them to, to really make myself as a professional better? And, and it's really, it's, it's that mindset. Do I see this as just a, a leapfrog to get me to where I wanna get to, which, which is fine, 
But if, if you're a true pro, you're going to do the things, not, not think about the things and not talk about the things. You're going to do the things that a true professional, whether it's an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor, a sales professional is going to do. I mean, we don't have CPE credit that we have to take, but it's my belief that we should be continuing our professional education on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting as a, you, you've gone on in your sales career to, you know, you're a sales leader, right? And you're leading teams. And so I'm sure you see that transformation happen where people come in, I'm a salesperson. This is maybe for me. It's maybe not for me, right? Um, what, what kind of things can somebody do if they're new into sales, they like it, it seems cool, they've got a light passion for it, you know, but they're just getting started. What steps can somebody take to, to stand out to somebody like you, right? To where you're going to say, oh, wow, I saw that person come in and within a few short months, they're really showing some signs of being a real true sales pro. What's a few things that somebody could do, um, you know, in your opinion? It's those differentiators, and there's a lot. I'm, I'm going to only give you some of the highlights. So it's doing what no one else is doing to stand out. Uh, in a sea of sameness, in a sea of black boxes, what are you doing to be a yellow triangle that makes people say there's something different? You're not like the rest. You're doing something, whether it's your work ethic, whether it's you're, you're, you're uh, gobbling up uh, content on the company, understanding the who, what, when, where, why, understanding the industry is so important, uh, leveraging the tools and resources, whether that's Salesforce. A lot of people aren't proficient in Salesforce. They, 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 they're a-okay. They're, they're just okay. But if you can be great on the tools that you utilize, and then you can help others to raise their game up, wow, that's going to have stars all around you. In basketball, you talk about the five-star player in sales. Are you that five-star player? You know the company, the industry. Do you know the product? You know the product inside and out. Are you able to leverage the tools, resources, whether it's physical tools, whether it's your network, and then your selling skills? Are you taking your game to the next level? So I encourage folks to learn as much as you can and then apply it. I mean, I'm, I practice what I preach. I, <laughs> I meet with people and have conversations on a daily basis to learn. And then I look at how can I apply what they shared with me, their experience, because there's two ways to learn in this life. Mistakes, which I've made a ton of, and mentors. <laughs> I like to learn from mentors who have already made the mistakes, so I don't have to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm a hardhead, I'm a knucklehead, but I've learned in my old age that, hey, mentors, that's the route to go. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting to me, Larry, that, that when I asked you that question, you know, none of your answers were somebody who crushes quota all the time. Somebody, I mean, you know, because I think that's what a lot of people immediately gravitate towards. How do I become the best rep? Oh, I got to do everything I can to, to hit my number and exceed my number. Absolutely. That's part of it. But I've seen people do that at the cost of other things that you just mentioned that would actually have given them gold stars, right? They're jerks to their coworkers. They sabotage something you know, or they're not helpful, or they're just getting by, they're spending all their time prospecting because they don't mess with the CRM, right? I've seen people just think, and they genuinely think they're doing the right thing. Well, I'm, 
I'm bringing in more revenue than anybody else. I mean, I don't care if anybody likes me, but I'm, I mean, the numbers don't lie, Jack. I mean, Hey, like, let's just keep, and, and I think maybe before, um, decades ago, maybe that kind of thing was tolerated a little bit more like the diva, um, gotta have it my way or the highway salesperson that, you know, we just put up with him because he's bringing in so much revenue. Right. Hey, hey James, I'm gonna cut in. I wish it was back in the day. Unfortunately, you think it still happens today yeah. where you have a, a, a rep, a sales rep, not a professional who is an ATM and, and they they're, they're putting up numbers on the scoreboard, but at the detriment to the organization, to the stakeholders, to the customers. And, and it's one of those things where you either pay now or you pay later, you pick your poison. There's more to it than hitting numbers. You've got to hit numbers, but there's the way you go about it. And most of us, us have played on team, team sports. It's once again, you have that, that diva who is a beast skillfully, but they take away from the team. And ultimately it's like a crab pot. They're, they're, dragging, they're dragging down the organization from moving forward. And that's why, I mean, it's hokey, but team, together, everyone achieves more. I've got tons of acronyms. I got acronyms for days, but I truly believe that one right there. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's funny. <laughs> the older that I get, the more I realize, like all these cliche, corny things, they're really just the truth. And there's a reason that they've been around forever because there are some certain absolute truths that kind of cut through anything um, regardless of the nuances of the situation that that something like like that idea that really it's just um, it's just you're you're gonna end up pulling away if you're not committed to being that complete sales professional right and and the other thing that I love about kind of what you listed off as far as differentiators is that there are things that you can absolutely skill up and learn to do, right? So you could spend an extra couple of hours this weekend taking some certification classes on Salesforce to show up over the next couple of weeks better and better every single, and, and people are going to start, what, 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 you know, he's, he's pulling reports and building some things that we've never seen before, right? And that has nothing to do um, with your ability to maybe set new meetings. Cause I think it's a really important point to make right now. You know, we're recording this, uh, it's April 17th. So we're right in the middle of a time when a lot of salespeople feel like I can't even really do my job. I, the people I'm calling their businesses are paused or my, you know, we're not even supposed to be selling anything. How am I, what, you know, what can I do? These soft skills, that emotional intelligence type stuff is, is where you can spend your time. I love that. You're, you're absolutely right. I talked to a colleague of mine, I think it was Tuesday, and he said, hey, my, my sales leader told us that there's three things that we can be doing. We can be opening new business. That's not really happening right now. We can be closing business. That's not happening right now. Or number three, we can be up-leveling and taking our skills to the next. And, and since one and two are at a pause temporarily, number three, we should be all in on that. And when we come out of this, we're going to get back to number one. We're going to get back to number two. And we better keep number three because it's like Diddy said, I thought I told you that we won't stop. <laughs> it's the truth. 
I mean, I can't tell you how many times Diddy quotes have come across my mind as I'm going through my sales career, but it's the truth, you know? Uh, I think, you know, when, when um, I hear that, unfortunately, those kinds of things still happen, right? And those types of situations still occur. Um, as, a, as a leader, dealing with somebody like that. So for all of the sales leaders that may be listening right now, how do you handle somebody like that? Right? I mean, the numbers, like they're helping you hit your shit, you know, get your number. Right. So like, what do you, what do you do in a situation like that, Larry? Yeah, that's a tough one, but it's, you have to be disciplined. And we talked about this the other day in terms of your true North. So are you really about it? Like Master P said, are you about it, about it? I'm going to quote all the rappers in this session. <laughs> but, but essentially, it, it, it is tough, but you've got to look out for the greater good of the team and realize that having that diva is actually slowing down the organization. They might be a rock star in terms of the numbers, but it's going to impact the rest of your sales award. It's going gonna, it's gonna to negatively impact your customer success, your client success org, and ultimately the business as a whole it's not going to be beneficial in the long run. So do you want to sacrifice the short run, which some people make that decision and they say, yes. Yep. I will. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. And, and I've been guilty of it. I, I'm, I'm going to throw myself out there. I've been guilty <laughs> because too. we do have numbers and that's how I put food on my table. But uh, you really got to figure out what do I stand for? And am I going to stand for this? And can I look at myself in the mirror with good conscience and say, I'm doing the right thing for this organization. Yeah. And so inside of doing the right thing for the organization, do you think there's a runway period uh, where you try to work with that particular rep and, and see what's actually happening there? Right. Cause I feel like a lot of the times what happens with problem employees, especially if they've been allowed to kind of do what they're doing for a while, yep. they're, often misunderstood i feel like they're like the bad guy in the movie that nobody really understands he just had a really hard childhood and he's got some stuff to you know like he's got some issues okay there's a reason that he's the joker kind of thing um so how do you go about like peeling back those layers in order to help that person and then how long roughly would you give that period where you're trying to work with them as opposed to saying look got to go, you know, find something else. Yeah, you made a great point in terms of understanding each individual. And as a leader, um, it's, your, it's our responsibility to learn what makes everyone tick. What are their goals professionally, personally? What's their background? How can we best help? I mean, when I think about sales, I think about matchmaking, and that's both external but also internal in terms of that employee and leader relationship. As your leader, my job is to help you to be successful, not just in these four walls of what we're doing, but ultimately life. And that comes from, you said, peel the onion back. That's sales. I need to ask questions and I need to listen. I need to inquire more and further peel it back and really understand why are you the way that you are and do you want to change? Uh, are you on the path where we can work together and it's that best fit? And sometimes it's just not the right fit for anyone. And the sooner you can come to that realization, the better. Now you ask, what's the time frame? There, there really, it, it, 
every, and I hate to say this, it's a case-by-case basis, yeah. but you know, and so many times, I just talked to my reps today, we have deals in our pipeline that we know shouldn't be in our pipeline. I've had employees on my team that I know, and, and, and I know myself, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. What I've learned through experience and mistakes is that if you know, you've got to take action. So you want to give people chances, but when you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you try to, and we all do it. You try to justify it away for a couple of weeks or figure out a way to maybe repurpose something. You know, I don't know. You just want to figure out a different way, even though you know the truth. Well, look, Larry, um, we're coming up towards the time here. I need to make sure that, um, I ask you for just a quick actionable sales tip that people that are listening to the show right now can use when they get done with this episode. Yes, that's, that's a great one right there. What they can be doing right now, and I would say should be doing, is those things that differentiate themselves. So I can tell you some things that you could actually do, pull out a postcard or even an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and write a handwritten note, one a day. That's going to make you stand out because think about when was the last time you got a handwritten note specifically to you? Hmm. Slim the nun and Slim left the building. Not many people do it. Uh, I commented about this earlier using video because once again, everyone's using email. Everyone's making phone calls, leaving voicemails. But now you incorporate the video aspect. You're now that yellow triangle in a sea of sameness of black boxes. So those are two right off the, the, the gate that will separate you from 99.1% of everyone else. I love it. And you could literally record a video about sending a letter to somebody. You could do, you, you could, you know, do it to the same prospect. I love that, man. And, and it's exactly, um, you know, that, that actionable type of stuff that, that helps when you can kind of take action, especially at a time where you might be not, <laughs> might be struggling with figuring out exactly what to do. I love so, that. So well, true. And I'm sorry to cut you off again, James. I, yeah, I got a problem no. with that. No, let's love, go. So, so I did my research and I love your post about empathy and you, 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 you mixed it up a little bit. What I encourage people is to be yourself. Don't try to be in a box of what you think mm. people want you to be. You've gotta be you. We all have different superpowers. And, and essentially we all have minds and different experiences. Don't be afraid to share that because that's now being authentic. And, and it's not Larry trying to be James. I can't be James. It's not James trying to be Larry. He would never want to do that. It's you being you, which people appreciate. And I just want to say, I appreciate you for being you and speaking your mind. Love it. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and that's why I had you here, right? I mean, it, you, you, uh, when you step into that mindset of, look, I'm just, everybody's got their own unique lens. There's value in what I have to say. It may not be what you think, or it may not be what she thinks, but we can come together and talk about it and, and, and have a, a fun little discourse about it. I think that's, you know, what, what makes all of this thing really work and how we, come up with with true solutions um when we can kind of have those types of conversations and and look uh i know we said it before you know larry we're both in raleigh so uh this is a great episode because it's the hometown love um we have to when all of this madness is over and we're allowed to leave the house we have to you know get up and have some lunch larry where's your favorite 
place to eat lunch. And it might not be in Raleigh, but <laughs> favorite place. It's funny because I work in downtown, downtown Durham now. I'm in the Dirty D. Okay, cool city. It's Beasley's Chicken and Honey. And I, yeah. I love the chicken and waffles. How cliche. Fried chicken, that's the way to my heart. I tell but you in what, Durham, my go-to is Bull City Burger. They're black and blue burger. Mm. Oh goodness, blue cheese crumbles. Oh, to die for with French fries. Oh goodness, and I love to eat. That's uh, I don't miss a meal, James. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast was made just for Larry, right? Yeah, lunch break podcast. Here we go. Look, uh, I've had a blast, man. Thank you so much for coming on. If people want to connect with you, if they weren't already connected with you, um, I first have to just tell you, like, you should. You need to go connect with Larry, um, and you need to invite him to your, you know, any Zoom call you have where you want people to laugh and be motivated, because that's what he done every time he showed up to me and Morgan's happy hour. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, man? LinkedIn, email, snail mail, carrier pigeon, smoke signals, you name it. <laughs> I'm open to connect with anyone, open to help. I've been fortunate, been blessed, and just uh, I'm honored and privileged once again to, to have a platform to be able to join you, James. I, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, with that, folks, I'm going to wrap up episode number 73 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Speak to you guys soon.